Good afternoon. My name is Reverend Angela Wells-Bean, and it is my privilege to serve here at Naples United Church of Christ as your Minister for Congregational Care. Whether you are worshiping with us in person or online, I am thankful that you are here for this midweek Lenten meditation and that you have taken time out of your busy week for this sacred pause. If you are worshiping with us in person, I want to offer you a friendly reminder that our labyrinth to my right, your left, on the side of the sanctuary is available after church if you're interested in continuing um, your time of devotion and reflection. And we have two gifted folks, Kathy Rhinesmith and Reverend Thomas Coates, who are labyrinth experts and will be out there to greet you and guide you if you have any questions. And so please feel free to make use of that space. I now invite you to join me in our responsive call to worship, which is printed in your bulletins. We gather today on this journey through Lent, seeking the peace Christ gives. We gather longing for the breath of God's Spirit to give us courage and renewal. Amen. This afternoon's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, and the story is about Jesus being tempted by Satan. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, (laughs) The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. And then the devil led him up and showed him in, in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours." Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only God. Then the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. Here ends our reading. So the vision I have in my head of this devil or Satan character looks terrifying. He's definitely male. I'm sorry, men. He's either black or red with horns and a tail and maybe even wings 
and gnarly, sharp teeth. I'm pretty sure I would say no to anything this character offered me if for no other reason than for my own safety. But the truth is that real temptations come from sources which are much more subtle than the Satan caricature we see in movies and art. Temptations don't usually come from an evil-looking monster. They're usually not so overt. Temptations often come at us in such a way that they slowly wear us down, asking us to make one small compromise at a time. Some of you may have seen the Lord of the Rings movies, and there's a perfect example of this. I'm told this story might have gone a little differently in Tolkien's book. I confess I haven't read it. But in the Lord of the Rings movie, we witness a subtle, relentless attack on Frodo Baggins by the character Gollum. You see, Frodo is a good guy, and he's trying to carry the ring of power to Mordor so as to destroy it, and Gollum is a bad guy, and he really wants the ring. Bit by bit, innuendo by innuendo, whisper by whisper, Gollum wears Frodo down. Gollum poisons him against his best friend, also a good guy, Sam Wise, thus wooing Frodo to Gollum's side, the side of evil. Seldom is Gollum overt. He doesn't promise Frodo all the riches in the world like Satan does to Jesus. He doesn't make any bold or obvious moves. He whittles away at Frodo's determination and seizes on every opportunity to make his friend Samwise look bad in Frodo's eyes until finally Gollum succeeds in turning Frodo against Sam. Sam is sent packing, leaving Frodo unprotected and utterly vulnerable to Gollum's full frontal assault in trying to get the ring back for himself. That's usually how temptations work, slow and subtle. One small, unfaithful decision at a time, and the consequences are usually minor, but the problem is that they add up. You mistreat someone once, You blow them off once or twice, it's not a big deal. But you do that over and over again, and eventually you're going to find that someone who was once very close to you, who meant a lot to you, is now only marginally in your life, if at all. Or your family members who you used to be so close to. Little by little, you notice they don't reach out to you anymore because you neglected the relationship. Marital affairs... They don't usually start with adultery. They start with an innocent conversation, one text, one glance, one phone call, and little by little, one small decision at a time, before we know it, we have waded into the waters of infidelity. Temptation is insidious. We often think about being tempted towards something, like doing something we shouldn't, like greed or lust or dishonesty or theft, But what Satan does is he tries to tempt Jesus away from something. He tries to tempt Jesus away from his relationship with God. Each temptation seeks to erode and undercut Jesus' confidence in his relationship with God and undermine his identity. That's what happens when we give into temptation. We're moving away from our Christian identity and our calling to follow Christ. It's a movement away from the best version of ourselves. If you're a visual thinker, imagine a slinky. 
We're always in relationship with God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. You are at one end of this linky, and God is at the other. And you're always connected, but sometimes you're closer, and sometimes you're pulled farther apart. And giving into temptation pulls us farther apart from the love of God. And giving into temptation stretches that slinky a little bit more. No matter what it is, they all seek to shift our allegiance and our trust and our confidence away from God and towards a false substitute, that false substitute that promises greater rewards. One pastor that I admire named Reverend David Lose called this passage identity theft. Satan fails in his attempt to steal Jesus' identity That's what temptations are to us as well. Attempts to steal our identities as Christ followers and replace them with people who follow the values of this world. Things like greed, youth, revenge, pettiness, power, beauty, the list goes on. And this is one of the many reasons why I think that coming to church is so important. It is here that we are reminded of our true identities. Coming to church shrinks the slinky. It draws us closer to God. We come to have our identity as Christians renewed, which helps inoculate us against giving into temptations when we're faced with them. Each time Christ refused Satan, he was cultivating his faith in God and his resistance against evil forces But he was also learning about who he was, what it meant to be Jesus of Nazareth, what his true identity was, lest Satan try to steal it from him. Each time we resist those small, insidious temptations, our values and our commitment to following the way of Christ are reaffirmed. Each time we make a hard decision which might require material or social capital, but a decision that we know is in line with the gospel message. We are reaffirming our identities in Christ. Now they say it takes 21 days to form a habit. Perhaps it takes 21 temptations presented to us to cultivate the habit of saying no. In each of these decisions, we too are cultivating faithfulness and resistance so that hopefully next time we're presented with such a situation, It becomes that much easier for us to draw on our relationship with God, giving us the strength to say no. Now, Jesus had been alone in the desert with God for 40 days, and I imagine that Jesus and God were pretty close at this point. Imagine going on a 40-day silent retreat by yourself. You're probably going to draw pretty close to God. I wonder if it had been easier for him to say no to Satan If he had just finished his ministry in a certain town where maybe he was rejected and disrespected by the residents and ignored by the disciples, as often happened in the Gospels, would it have been more tempting for Jesus to accept that power grab? He might have been tempted to say to Satan, yes, I want to control all the kingdoms. I am tired of these disobedient people that just don't get it. But he'd been on retreat with God. Despite the fact that he was fasting and hungry, maybe his reservoir faith was quite deep. We're going to find ourselves in situations where our patience has been tested. And we are at the end of our rope. And the easiest thing to do in those moments is just to give in to temptation. 
That's why it's so important for us to say no to all those small, discreet, seemingly harmless temptations that we're faced with day in and day out, because each one of them helps us develop the habit of drawing closer to God. So when we're at the end of our rope, relying on our faith and making the choice that's aligned with Jesus calling on our lives, it will be easier for us to do that because it's like a well-exercised muscle. We've been working to develop that habit. This Lenten season, when tempting opportunities present themselves, no matter how benign they may seem, I hope you're able to lean into your faith and make the right and faithful choice. Each time you do this, you're cultivating more faith in God and resistance against the subversive, subliminal, and subtle temptations of this world. Amen.
Friends, as you go from this place, I pray that you have the strength of faith to say no when temptations arise. And may you also know that we are all together on this journey and you have the support of your congregation and your community of faith when those moments come up in your life. And may you know that you are a beloved child of God. You are created in God's image. And I pray that you go in peace. Amen.